Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are my amazing co-hosts, recently released from the Disney vault, Shane Beauregard. Hello, hello. And Chris Brodell. Good afternoon to you both. <laughs> Danke, Shane. How are you guys? Uh, good to see you. Good to have Chris back in the fold. Uh, Absolutely. You know, he was vacationing in Wakanda, I think, when we were recording last. So I didn't find any vibranium. None at all. Did you use one of those like really big metal detectors? Like, do the whole thing? You're just on the beaches, just trying to find it? My black socks and sandals, yes. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Bumpkiss. Good stuff. And uh, for this episode, uh, we're going to piss off Chris, uh, which is going to be wonderful because he is super ornery that we are doing a holiday movie episode uh, on the eve-ish of uh, Thanksgiving or the week of Thanksgiving. So we are going to, there's just been everywhere. Ah, There's just been everywhere. We can't escape it between, you know, Netflix trotting out Lindsay Lohan to, you know, a big star-studded musical here and there or whatever. We are going to cover a bunch of the new ones and maybe talk about, I don't know, general holiday traditions and some stuff that we like to watch around this time of year, maybe. And then later on the show, we're going to do a fall preview draft update as this weekend, uh, Shane, well, Shane already watched one, uh, and we're going to tell him how much he's losing. And then uh, Chris <laughs> is going to give his uh, review of Disenchanted, which was one of his draft picks. And I will talk about Banshees of Inishirin, uh as I just watched that uh, in the last couple of days as well. But happy holidays to you guys <laughs> after all that. Um, glad to be doing this. I, 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 I like doing these things, and I've mentioned it on my I, my former podcast all the time uh, that you know my wife and kids are Jewish, so the holiday season for me is very much uh, me watching movies most of the time and really getting it in uh, that way because you know it's like me just you know with a blanket over my head sitting in the dark going I hope nobody hears caroling you know just kind of like tucked <laughs> away somewhere. But I don't know if I've ha- I haven't had you guys on really for for any of those. Uh, Chris, do you guys have like no. tradition stuff? Like, uh, how soon is the tree going up? What do you got going on for uh, for the holiday prep? So I, I don't want to be perceived as a monster. I do like <laughs> I do like the holidays. <laughs> I like them in a certain order. Sure. You know, Halloween first, then Thanksgiving, and then Christmas. Right. And I celebrate them with gusto when they are appropriately supposed to be. Sure. Um, but Monster. I, um, <laughs> I, yeah, so, yeah. but I think they've been uh, pushing the Christmas spirit since August, <laughs> so this really has to stop at some point. Um, I don't know. We co- no, we covered uh, the Halloween horror stuff to death. I don't think Christmas is no, interfering, no, and- but I will say that they, 
over the past few years, it has been the mantra of many cable stations, your your lifetimes, your hallmarks, your whoever, um, plus now Netflix and other people getting in on the act of basically the beginning of November is Christmas season to them. That's when all these things drop. They don't know if people will watch them right away, but they want them to already be there so that way people will watch them as soon as Thanksgiving is over at the latest. So, Shane, uh, how do you uh, look at this season? What are you What are you up to with uh, your holiday prep stuff? Yeah, usually I, I fall in line with Chris on this. I usually don't like to do Christmas stuff till the day after Thanksgiving. I like to give Thanksgiving this proper month or whatever. But <laughs> right. like you said, it seems to be force fed down our throats now. All these releases and, and shows, like I, I can't help but watch them. But uh, yeah, typically my, my Thanksgiving tradition, like you with movies, I always have planes, trains, and automobiles on. Yeah, for Thanksgiving, absolutely, for sure. For Thanksgiving, yeah. So, and then I, you know, like everyone else, I just stuff my face to, uh, to like, you know, I feel miserable and uh, go take a nap <laughs> yeah. and uh, get ready for leftovers. And then the day after is when I pull all the Christmas stuff out. So, okay. I'm, I'm ready Same. to rock, buddy. So you get right to it. That's good. Right yeah. to it. I don't want to seem like I'm a person who uh, is encroaching or imposing on Thanksgiving. It will have its own thing. But while these things are available, I figure why not dive right in, you know, check them out and give the people the info because they might not listen to this until after uh, Thanksgiving as well. This will be out like right beforehand. So please enjoy our next few reviews and maybe we'll look forward to stuff that we we do uh, during this period because, like I said, there is stuff already out and more and more and more coming, including stuff that's coming out like the day before Thanksgiving just to, like, piss people off even more or people like Chris, at least, or, or whoever uh, is having those feelings this time of year, uh, protecting poor old Thanksgiving over there. You know, we'll all do turkey and football. Don't you worry, Chris. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll have it going on. What's that second part? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, foosball? Foosball? You like have a, a table? Nope. No, I'm no? good. No? Okay. I'm good with that. All right. Let's start with Shane and his obsession of Lindsay Lohan. All right? Let's let's <laughs> do it. Let's just get it right off the board. Um, we are going to talk about Falling for Christmas, um, which is, of course, the return of Lindsay Lohan in some <laughs> way. How long has it been for her since she's been in like a prominent movie? It feels like a decade, but I didn't actually look it up. But now that she's doing it, like it's like she has one movie and everybody's like, so I hear you're going to do Freaky Friday, too. Oh, we're going to do a parent trap, too. There's like all the rumors now because it's like, oh, it looks like you're back. And it feels like she's back in a big way. Is that about right, Shane? You're the, the Lindsay supporter. Yeah, that's about that's about right. Um, I mean, she's done a lot of tv spots tv shows but nothing theatrical in quite some time yeah um and it is funny like you said like i kept hearing like freaky friday too and all this stuff pop up i'm like yeah she's back on the late night shows and stuff yeah really from, from this movie like okay if this relaunches her career that's a that's a christmas miracle right there <laughs> because yeah. we'll get into this movie but it's a typical christmas movie and there's nothing wrong with that it totally but is I don't, yeah but uh you'll get into it and uh shouldn't be a long discussion because <laughs> if you've seen it, it is what it is. But yeah, I love exactly. me Lindsay Lohan. I am not going to apologize for that. She still looks relatively good, even though she's lived a hard uh, last decade or so. Sure. I forget how young she still really is. She's like, what, mid-30s, I believe. Still. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's about so, right. 
figure Mean I, Girls I, I, is what, 2000? A little after? Somewhere around there? Somewhere? Yeah, a little after that. So if so, she's supposed to be a high schooler, quote unquote, yeah, probably mid to yeah, late I'm, 30s. I'm ready for more Lindsay Lohan. Let's yeah. do it. Though that mid to late thirties, we could talk about it when we kind of like maybe get a announced deeper. But uh, maybe you know that hard road has done some things. Uh, I will say, as a forty year old, I don't look like a you know fit and fit is a fiddle anymore, or any of that stuff either. You know, or how the the age on your skin or anything else goes, or whatever. You know, we don't don't always age well, but I think she's looking just fine and, and can carry a movie like this. I don't know where that leads going down the line or anything, but uh, it's good to have her back. Uh, I do. I I've always liked her. I like Freaky Friday. I like Mean Girls. I like all those movies. My son was uh, obsessed with anything Herbie the Love Bug, and we ended up watching that uh, mess of a movie she did back when she was young too. So you got a lot of those things. Chris, how's your feelings? Are you a Lindsay fan? Are you happy that she's back? Is this work for you? I am happy she's back. Uh, yeah, if this is the, uh, <laughs> the venue that gets her back into people's, uh, movie love, then, uh, wow. But, uh, no, listen, like Shane said, it, it's, it's typical, it, it's typical for what it's going for. And I've been a fan of Lindsay's as well. It's hard to see her fall on hard times, but I think she's back. She looks healthy. She, she was wonderful in this. Yeah, um, she seems in good spirits so when I, I see her on the late point. night. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I I haven't seen those, but I can only imagine. You know, she's bubbly and and ready to promote whatever she's doing next. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to promote something like this, right? It's like because I've always said, as a person who used to cover Netflix Christmas stuff every year with my old Netflix podcast, movie podcast, um, that. You know, there are levels, right? Netflix has gone into, hey, we're a TV network, so we're going to do the TV movie, the Lifetime movie version of these things and crank out a few of those. Then you might get, like, the one big over-the-top version, like, like, Kloss is really great as, like, an animated feature. Or last year they tried um, A Boy Called Christmas, where it's, like, this big you know, multi-star event where, you know, there's, uh, it's like big production design and everything else. So there are different levels. And then like Jingle Jangle and you got Dolly Parton doing stuff. There's always some different version of it, all different places with the Christmas stuff. This one falls right into that Lifetime TV movie style stuff where I will say the first act of this movie is brutal and I don't know how I made it through. Where if, mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to say anything about maybe Lindsay Lohan or the stuff that she might do, like, I don't know if the comedy chops are there. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I also hate, I don't know how you guys feel it, but I always hate the ultra rich influencer characters in movies. I hate them. I like yeah. a lot of times we're kind of supposed to hate them, but man, oh my God, I get it. You take fucking... You're a vapid person who has, takes pictures and videos of yourself all the time. I fucking get it. I've seen this character so many times. Please have nuance with them going forward. I fucking hate it. But after that, though, guys, I will say the rest of the film is 
kind of charming with the most super adorable child actor I've seen in a long time. That daughter with the missing tooth and everything. I was like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) You're just like snowing me. Like you're just completely just... Ugh, the all the sugar, all the spice, like oh my god, just like took me over with like anytime that kid was there, I was like, fine, I'll do anything you like, kid. You're so <laughs> so damn cute. You, yeah, whatever. You want me to bring your mom back to life? I'll do whatever you got to do. Just uh, please help me out here. Uh, Shane, what do you think about the movie? Is that about right? That, that, that's about right, but I disagree with you. Like, I normally don't like those influencer type of characters, but the couple times I did laugh were from some of Tad's one-liners. Um, I, I think, couldn't help it. I think when he's Go away ahead. from Lindsay Lohan, I yeah, think it works somewhat. The, yeah, yeah. Him, him, him the with the bromance with the of the ice fishing guy is like one thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that, not bad. That made me laugh. That but made everything me laugh. before that, which is like 20 oh, yeah. solid minutes, is not great. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. But yeah, once he got separated and he was with the guy in the ice shack, I kind of got a kick out of that. And you're right, Lindsay Lohan's comedic chops, eh, not the best. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, that girl too, she reminded me of the little actress that was in... Um, the game plan with the rock. That's yeah. That's who she. That, that's yeah. exactly who she reminded me of with the curly hair, just Absolutely. cute as a button. And yeah, this is typical. Like I said, I I enjoyed it. I I agree with you. The first half, uh, it was tough to get through that first 20, 25 minutes. But once you settle in, I I really enjoyed the ride. And again, it's typical. You see what's coming, and I didn't care. Like I didn't care. I, I knew it was coming, and I didn't care. Yeah, the one thing that Christmas movies benefit from, right, is that like. You see the trope coming and you go, it almost like puts a warm blanket over you sometimes versus like the trope happens in any other movie. You're like, ah, fuck this cliche garbage. But like, you know, the holiday movies kind of work on cliche and tropes and everything else. So it's a little like, you know, Halloween horror in a way. There are just levels. Some of them are going to be like elite stuff we'll talk about outside of the Halloween season. And then the rest of them, you're just like, oh, I wanted just a couple of good jump scares tonight. So I'm going to watch this one this week. And this is kind of that thing where it's like, I want to see excellent sweaters. I want to see, you know, someone overcome uh, their shittiness to be a better person. I want to see, you know, all those things. And you get a touch of those with this movie and just a, a little bit of like small town charm and joy and things like that, that might work uh, for this time of year. Chris, what did you think about falling for Christmas? Uh, I kept on watching it and I was saying to myself, this reminds me of something. <laughs> it reminds me of overboard. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. Yep. I've heard and a lot then, of people say that. Yeah. And I even checked the IMDB after, and uh, the trivia said, uh, follows the uh, the same kind of story of Overboard. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for proving me right. Right. No, but uh, as far as tropes are concerned, especially for like this quote-unquote Hallmark movie, you, you know where you're getting as soon as you watch it. Like, I, yeah. I didn't think it was going to change the world. And when uh, I did watch it, I was like, yeah, you know what? There's some movies that you just go to, you're like, I, I need a good cry, and I'll go to blank. Or I need a good laugh. I'll go to blank. Right. Hallmark movies are, they do what they're supposed to and just make you feel good. Right. And uh, some are better than others. And uh, I will say in the beginning, I thought Tad was her gay assistant. (laughs) And then I'm like, Uh they're together? Right. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. His true feelings are going to come out with the the Fisher guy, the uh, 
ice fishermen. Yeah. And they're going to have a relationship, but that didn't happen. So apparently I can't write these Hallmark movies. <laughs> I guess so. Um, also, <laughs> shout out to um, the uh, the kind of like co-lead of this. Obviously, Lindsay Lohan is, but uh, the guy who plays the love interest in this movie, his name is Cord Overstreet. That's Badass. right. Yeah. Cord yeah. Overstreet, who, you know, I... In the, when the movie first started, again, when he kind of has to be a little more grizzle or kind of like a jerk at a time, you know, kind of a guy going through, you know, hard times on his business, hard times with his family, just trying to survive, whatever. I kept looking at this guy. I'm like, this is the romantic lead. I was like, does he have that kind of look to him? Did you guys have that kind of at all where it was like this guy? Uh, probably not as much as you did. I do like the name, though. I thought that was a pretty cool name. <laughs> Yeah, um, he was also on Glee uh, too. It works more for a person I on Glee that. than than anything. Right. Yeah. It uh, it reminded the beginning especially reminded me of like what is this? Uh, Say by the Bell, uh, Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you know, it felt like very nineties. It felt made yeah. for TV nineties, uh, especially with uh, everyone's hair, yeah. especially uh, you know, Cord's hair with the. The blonde, yeah, it looks you know, like Dawson's like, Creek, wow. Seventh Heaven yeah. shit going on. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and and honestly, that's what maybe threw me off. It like felt a little like of a throwback, maybe that uh, I was just like, oh, we didn't have somebody more glossed up for this or what have you. <laughs> but um, I felt he pulled it off after a while. Like he really kind of made it work. But I think that whole like the range of having to be kind of like the drama part before the 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 overcoming yeah. everything and going along the Lindsay arc and and pairing up, <laughs> I, I didn't like him so much when it first started. That was like those for like I said first twenty thirty minutes. I was like God, this movie better pull it out or I'm gonna just like rip it apart. But then I ended up enjoying it. So like it did its job, is what I'll say uh, on this yeah. one. Um, and I don't know if you guys want to grade these, but I would say I, I always would, yeah. I actually keep like a whole tally if anybody gives a crap about my Letterboxd. Uh, but yeah, check me out, Andrew Morgan on Letterboxd uh, and try to check me out there because I have a bunch of cool lists, including a Netflix holiday films list where I put this. It's right in that zone of like Love Hard, Castle for Christmas, uh, <laughs> Christmas Chronicles 2, Let It Snow. It's in that range of like passable has some fun stuff probably has a good performance or a cute kid here and there something that brings out the holiday spirit and and kind of lands right in that spot where this one caught me off guard with actually being better than what i thought it was and that was for me what castle for christmas was last year it's not a very it's not like when i was like yeah great movie i'm gonna like run out and tell people to to watch but it did its job and it had stars that i haven't seen in a while and and does a good job with that so I will say, yeah, it's a, it's a right down the middle movie. It's a it's a two and a half, two and three quarter something type of movie. Fair? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I gave it a three and a half. That's exactly what I gave it. Yeah, I say, it's, it's a movie that does no harm to you. You, just, you know, <laughs> sit there and watch it and does its job. Maybe teetering towards a three with a uh, or a special appearance by Jack Wagner. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now there's a hunk, all right? We got to bring him right? back. You know, he's going to save the day, those classy oh, old stars. Um, <laughs> but then 
So if this is the kind of like Lifetime Hallmark TV movie type one, I would say the next one is just the playing on our nostalgic bone, uh, A Christmas Story Christmas, which premiered on HBO Max over the weekend. Uh, This is probably, even though there have been sequels to this, they're trying to make it where it's like, this is kind of the 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 quote straight sequel that we've all been kind of waiting for is that about right that you think they're positioning as um yeah brings back all your 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 favorite characters your ralphies your schwartz your fitz your scott farkas the whole nine so what did you guys think about this one because i've been seeing a lot of people being like oh this was exactly what i wanted a lot of people like praising it on social media online chris uh did you do you like a Christmas story? Is this something you were looking forward to? And did you end up liking it? Of course. Yeah. You know what that the because I love a Christmas story, I was kind of against this. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. How are you gonna how are you gonna advance on perfection? Sure. You know? And my God, they surprised me. They did it. If a Christmas story was a child's vision of their Christmas. Right. We've all grown up. We're all on the other end of that. And we are adult Ralphie. Yeah. We are, you know, how are we going to do it this Christmas? How are we going to afford it? You know, adult responsibilities make Christmas suck. Yeah. Um, yeah. But man, they they did so well with like, you know, uh, touching on nostalgia, advancing the story. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's great to see the gang back yeah yeah a few uh you know actor changes you know especially like the mother and stuff like that and still and working in the kind of the the homage to the father and and doing things like that were were nice touches i thought there's a bunch of like there are funny moments in this one as well i enjoyed um the carolers scene uh like hiding from the carolers because i i've done that before myself or with other people I've tried to avoid, <laughs> uh, especially when it'd be only my brother and I home, it would be like, no, shut off all the lights, you know, hide behind the couch. I don't want to talk to anybody. Um, so I've done that. I totally get that. Yeah. And again, like I said, it's it's a, mostly a nostalgia play, but I thought it did just enough to kind of balance that between being like, hey, these are all the things we liked sort of about the original or had little Easter eggs to stuff that we liked about the original and then kind of updated the story. Shane, how did you feel about it, buddy? Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm a huge Christmas story fan. I do have it on the background of my house all 24 hours. It never <laughs> right. changes. Uh-huh. So my the bar for me was set really low because like Chris, I was like, really, really? You're going to do a sequel? <laughs> but I feel the same exact way. I thought they furthered the story. They gave you all the nostalgic beats without hitting your. To me, they did it properly. It felt organic into the movie. Just even his little brother showing up at the end and, and yeah. being away. The Farkas, the Farkas scene, I really liked. I just thought it was it was well done. Like it 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 killed. I mean, it exceeded my expectations. And there were uh, some funny moments. Like I loved the drunk sledding down the hill, like taking the <laughs> yeah. sleds from all the from all the kids. And I'll tell you, man, I don't know, just in the frame of mind, I was in the last 10 minutes of this movie. I mean, it broke me down. I mean, it broke me down. The yeah. whole obituary thing and sitting in yeah. his father's chair and all that stuff was just really, really well done. And this is something I would watch on a yearly basis. 
interesting because that was kind of my thing is like I don't think this has 24 hours a day quality. No. Um, hmm. And the interesting thing, and I don't know if you guys kind of picked this up at all. It seems like you guys had a good time with it. I did too. It was fine. Um, I didn't like go crazy about it. I did, you know, the emotional beats that are supposed to work worked. You know, I'm not, I'm not complaining about it at all. The interesting thing between that movie, uh, the first movie, and this one is like the original one seems like almost so documentary-ish, like almost to where it's like you really are in that world. I didn't feel like I was in a world with this one as much. Like I, like back then, it's like adults were adults and kids were kids. And because you're seeing it through the eyes of the kids, like I don't know, I felt like I got more mileage out of that because the holiday is about that. But when they tried to ride that balance between like showing – what he needs to do for his kids or other and stuff. I found it to be less effective because to me, the the holidays are about kids and that experience is about that. And um, what year is the, the original in the fifties, right? Yeah. It's uh 49. I thought. Okay. Cause I know or- like this one's in the seventies. Um, there's, you know, still in was in Indiana, right? Yeah. He's yeah. from Chicago now, but uh, he was from Indiana. Yeah. I mean, Certain things felt cool and updated, whatever, and I like the fact that the Snowmobile kids were also Scott Farkas's and all that whole thing. So that kind of works, too, like just, you know, dickheads beget dickheads, um, that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, it worked for me. Um, like I said, maybe a little less than you guys, but I'd probably say, yeah, it's it's a it's a down the middle of the road for me, maybe a three at, at, at best for this one. You guys, where do you fall on that? Uh, I'll say three and a half. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm actually closer to a four, so I'm going to say four. Oof. All right. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Hey, it grabbed you, man. That's great because we're probably going to fight on the next one. Um, so <laughs> the next one is um, uh, the last one we're going to cover is Apple TV Plus's Spirited, which is a co-starring as the leads in here, Will Ferrell and ryan reynolds uh and i would say they've been seemingly promoting this thing for months if if anything i'll give you chris where you're like christmas is starting in august i think maybe the promotion for this movie started back in august or even earlier there was like that yeah. viral video where they were like singing <laughs> together or whatever thing, yeah. yeah yep so i don't know when that was but i enjoyed it and it made me want to see them together so mission accomplished this movie you know it's 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 not what I expected from a lot of the previews and stuff, but I actually enjoyed what the twist was in terms of like how it's kind of, it's interesting because for a movie that quote didn't work, uh, like luck that Apple TV plus put out, uh, where, you know, it's the good and bad luck. And there's like a whole industry behind luck and all that whole thing. And there's like a behind the scenes that somebody stumbles on and everything else. They basically have the Christmas version of that here except amplify it, put it in a musical, make it funny. Um, and really, I thought, you know, the, especially you get people in here like Octavia Spencer, you know, as just like a smaller part, like a pivotal part, but like kind of playing third fiddle at best to these guys here, I thought was really good. But I, I laughed multiple times with this movie. I enjoyed, and again, I'm not a big musical person, but like the whole good afternoon thing, not only made me laugh, but I thought the musical number of that was very well done. I thought really kind of emotional gut punches 
that are supposed to happen with like the sister thing and how they figure that out as the you know loops down towards the end i thought worked really well and i just i just had a good time with this movie i don't think it's perfect or anything but it's probably one of the better christmas movies i've seen in some time i like how they had dolly parton as one of the redeemed there's like little easter egg stuff all the time yeah and there's just some like i wrote down some like funny lines but i'll see what you guys think but uh so shane what'd you think of spirited bud (laughs) oh boy um yeah, I thought it. Would, my initial takeaway was like, oh, that was okay. Like, I, I'm not a big musical person, I'll admit. So to me, this was a little too song-heavy yeah. for me. Okay. Um, I did like the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, it, it, even though we got mainly a subdued Will Ferrell, which I think works in this movie. It does. Um, I, I, I like that. And I actually liked... Um, the ghost of Tracy Morgan's character. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought he was like the funniest. Uh, and he, I got more laughs out of him than anything else, but like it wasn't a bad races. movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it wasn't a bad movie. I just, I wanted to enjoy it more than I did. And I just felt it just kind of, I don't want to say got draggy, but I definitely started looking at my watch a little bit. I'm like, all right, like, we're going to wrap this up. No, we got another song to get through. So let's, right. let's do this song. I did like, some of the twists towards the end, especially with the Will Ferrell character, once you kind of learn who he really was. Yeah. Um, I like how they mentioned the uh, the Scrooge movie as well. Uh-huh. So I, yeah. I, there were lines that I really did enjoy. But it just, I don't know. I, I just felt this movie was lacking in something I can't really put my finger on. I just, it was okay for me. Well, I can say when I fired it up and it said it was two hours or even a few minutes over, I was like, oh, this better be fucking good. Because if it's not in two hours, it's going to really, really drag. But I think, thinking back on it now, it's just probably the extra in the musical numbers kind of puts that there. Otherwise, this movie on paper, if you don't really add a lot of the musical numbers or shave off ones or whatever you probably can make it an hour and 45 and people would not bat an eye uh chris how did you feel about spirited so i didn't watch too many trailers you know i would see snippets here and there so i really didn't know what i was going to get into watching yeah same to be honest Uh, i i didn't know it was going to be a musical but once they started belting out that first song i'm like hmm this seems like it's going to go somewhere but i also initially thought that uh it was like going to be an updated version of Scrooged. Right. And uh, then I had heard it was like from the ghost's perspective. And I was like, okay, that's a different take on it because how many times do we have to see a Christmas Carol? Right. Like it's overdone. We know who's going to, you know, be redeemed at the end. Right. You know, everyone gets redeemed. But this was a different take. And I, I, you know, like you guys said, you like the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. I like some songs over others, but ultimately I, I came away from it saying, you know what? Not a bad watch. Yeah. And again, as, as far as like stuff that usually comes out around this time of year or in this particular genre, I think it's it's inspired because like to me, they just boiled it down to the essence of. The, the whole part about the Scrooge thing about being irredeemable and really, you know, seeing what that means and, and is it something we can overcome? Because that is the kind of the meaning of the story of the first one at its core. So they just kind of 
extrapolated that and just made it into something more modern, which I was I was into. And of course, you know, having uh, I, I'm, it's probably not an original thing to probably use a person who does either like a lawyer or PR or something else to where you like destroy people on a daily basis and then also now have to, to turn around and do it uh, in a, you know, redeeming yourself during Christmas time. I enjoy it. I, I I laughed hard like at a couple of them when like Ryan Reynolds was uh, saying like why me? He's like so not murderers, rapists, people who have gender reveal parties. I laughed at that line. Um, I laughed at like I said the whole good afternoon thing, the Dolly Parton thing. I laughed at uh, um, when they, uh, he talked about uh, how he only lasted three and a half weeks after the story of Dickens' Christmas Carol, and he was like. Back then, the leading cause of death was January. January I thought that, yeah, that was, was hilarious. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. Um, and when he's taking the shower and he's like, I'm the guy who washes once a month. You know, like stuff like that. Like that kind of update yeah. from a guy who's lived like 200 years ago. So you got like, you know, I'm a simple caveman shit out in real life on top of, uh, you know, the whole Christmas Carol stuff. So I enjoyed myself. I, I And again, I will say I'm not a big musical fan, but maybe I am getting that way because um, <laughs> Netflix, I enjoyed it. Jingle Jangle, you know, from, from them as like a musical thing. I've enjoyed this. And, you know, maybe maybe when it's in a particular genre that the sugary sweetness or the song and dance doesn't seem too out of left field, you know, in something where it's a Christmas movie, maybe that's how... I take these things in and I can, I could do that. So right. I enjoyed it. Um, I, so I would probably say we're probably going to flip flop the last scores, but me for spirited where I could say like, this is like a three, three and a half for me. And you guys will probably be down in the two and a half range. Is that about right? Uh, no, I, I will say the other part I did laugh as when he banged uh, the ghost from Christmas past. <laughs> I thought that whole scene was was pretty funny right off the gate, you know. Yeah, and she's like, and, uh, "I can't work anymore," and like yeah. just bows out <laughs> and just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so all over me. <laughs> no, I still give this movie a three. I thought it was a solid movie. I enjoyed a lot of the movie, but again, it's just too too got too song heavy for me towards the end of the movie. But all right, then I'm comfortable enough saying it's a three and a half. All right, Chris. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Jeez, you know I don't want you telling me what you think the score is going to be okay <laughs> it's eight out of five wow you. <laughs> love Good Ryan afternoon to you. Yeah. No, um it's uh i would say it's a three you know it it was uh it like i said it kept my interest it was uh it was entertaining but it's you know it's all right so i i give it a three out of five yeah it's it's ryan it basically is uh the mileage you get out of kind of the chemistry of the leads you know mm-hmm. because yep. yeah. if, you, if you're like Agreed. a guy who is just like you're just over ryan reynolds being ryan reynolds at this point it's probably not going to work for you but he kind of like played just enough different in this right. one that it worked for me and then obviously bouncing off of will ferrell right yeah totally yeah and uh the octavia spencer thing kind of be the grounding thing for both of those characters throughout um, I like that as well too. So yeah, to me this is a recommendation, especially for this time of year for those type of things. I actually can't fault any of the three of these. I would say that uh, it's off, the season's off to a good start. I don't know uh, what else uh, we're really looking forward. To. Is there anything else that you guys are looking forward to? Are you guys going to watch the uh, 
the Santa Clauses or Clauses, whatever the uh, Tim Allen thing that is also yeah. out on Disney Plus. I never cared about the original movie, but I know a lot of people feel differently. Right, me either. I, I, I'm going to skip that one. I am looking forward to the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Right, to be honest with That's you. Exactly. True, yes. Yeah. And then I heard there's a, a new Fraggle Rock special coming out in December, and I'm all over that as well. So, yeah, I'm a Fraggle Rock fan here. Yeah, I happened to come across either on, I forgot what it was, one of the socials, I think it was Twitter, where somebody was interviewing um, traveling Uncle Traveling Matt uh, from the oh, original man. thing, and like in full, like actually interviewing not the person who voiced it, but like the actual character. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess Fraggle Rock has something coming out. So that's on uh, yeah. Apple TV Plus, right? They own all that stuff now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This, yeah, they're there. Because my favorite Christmas special, now that you asked me, is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas special. I nice. watch that every year, every year. It is dated. I can't get my kids into it. But gosh <laughs> damn it, I watch it every year. Yeah. I love it. Anything that's like Henson E, uh, I will take, I will absolutely watch. I will do all that. So I used to watch it all the time. So no, no. <laughs> no fade on that one. I will watch my Charlie Brown Christmas, of course. Um, I I I haven't watched some of the classics in a while. I, like, um, I always watch It's a Wonderful Life every year. That's a staple yeah. for me as well. Um, but I feel like I need to go back and watch certain ones from uh childhood and or just like legends, like. I don't know how you feel about there's a debate, obviously, between the Die Hard thing or even Home Alone. There's like a lot of chatter of people saying that's not a Christmas movie. I watch Home Alone a lot, um, but I probably haven't watched it in a few years. So to me, that one might be something I, I try to watch this year, make a point to watch this year. Um, I haven't seen Santa Claus the movie in a while. I watched that a lot as a kid, but I don't know yeah. where you can find that now. Um, is there anyone, any other big things I'm missing? Chris, do you watch anything around this time of year? Uh, just the other day, just, uh, for background, uh, we had the Santa Claus, uh, uh, playing with Tim Allen, the original. Right. That actually is really good. It shows a mythos of Santa that, you know, uh, I don't think many people have touched upon. Right. However, you know, you have the Santa Claus movie where, you know, you have Dudley Moore, John Lithgow. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I haven't so, seen that you know, forever. You, I don't even you, know where it is. That, yeah, you have that behind the scenes stuff going on. It's probably on Amazon Prime or or something, but uh, it's out there. Yeah, I'm sure you can find it. I wouldn't be shocked if that's um, on HBO Max too. Yeah, like uh, you you definitely feel better about your life when you watch It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh my god, poor George Bailey. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> he's going through a lot. Yeah. You know? No, that's that's. It's always heartwarming and and it's great acting from everyone. Yeah. In that it's you know funny, sad, heartfelt. It, it's got it all. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the, uh, those classics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I totally watch that movie every year. Love Jimmy Stewart. I love that whole thing. It makes me cry every single year. Um, it really gets to me. Try it. I don't really. Weirdly enough. I don't know. How do you guys feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie more than a Halloween movie to you guys? Do you watch it on either holiday? I usually watch it around Halloween, to be honest with you. I, I still think that's more of a Halloween movie. So, yeah, me and the kids will watch that in October at some point. Okay. <laughs> that's the perfect movie to watch in between Halloween yeah. and Christmas. So this week. This <laughs> week. Yeah, there right. you go. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's a Thanksgiving. I'm going to call it. It's a Thanksgiving movie. 
There you go. And I, I feel like I was too old for Jingle All the Way when it came out. It was like end Schwarzenegger, like just past mine. But I don't know if uh, that's on. Shane's movie. Yeah? Yep. Yeah, still, I, I don't care how bad I love Sinbad in that movie. I think him <laughs> and, and Arnold are great together. And you have the late, great um, Phil, Hartman. Uh, Phil, Phil Hartman in that yeah. movie. Okay. Playing the playing the pervy neighbor. So I, I, <laughs> I, I that is something I still watch every year. And I feel Turtle like man, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. And Shane, I would also imagine you being a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and a uh, a bad Santa person as well. I could see that. Absolutely, Christmas Vacation is in my top five of all time, and I do watch that every single year. Yeah, I've actually yeah. started a uh, a Letterboxd one of those like lists, uh, trying to see like where I rank my Christmas <sighs> movies because that's tough. I think. Home Alone, or, or excuse me, I think It's a Wonderful Life is still number one to me, with Home Alone probably not far behind. Right. Um, and again, fuck all the haters. Uh, I usually end up watching Die Hard every single year around this time. So, sorry, uh, it happens. Um, you know, No apologies needed. Yeah, it's a good time to watch it any time of year. So if you don't ride for uh, it being a Christmas movie or a good movie to watch during Christmas, even though it's set during fucking Christmas, during a Christmas holiday party, be sure to pop it on in January and let your, uh, your, hate, <laughs> right. your, your hate feelings go away and just watch it at a different time of year. Um, any other ones you guys want to shout out before we uh, get to the, uh, the draft yeah. update? Uh, I watch a four. I watch four Christmases every year as well. I love okay. Vince Vaughn. I love the Robert Duvall scene. I have to scene. watch that because of Melanie. Yeah, the John Favreau stuff is great. Uh, okay, his best friend, his best friend married to his mom. <laughs> it was that's a great scene. So yeah, four Christmases. Okay, Chris. Any other like deep cuts or things that like I have mentioned? I'll be very honest. I haven't seen probably a lot of the like modern modern ones. Like I didn't see uh, what is it Office Christmas Party. I haven't I, seen that one yeah, either. Yeah, that was all right. I haven't seen that. that was all right. um, I'm trying to think like what people would consider like the modern classic. Because to me, in the last few years, I really liked Klaus on on Netflix. I think the Christmas Chronicle ones are doing something for people um, right. with the Netflix stuff. But outside of those, first one was great. Y- yeah. <laughs> I oh, think wow. they're both. I think they both have merits on 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 both sides but they're just different like i don't know there were some things i didn't enjoy about the first one but then once you're on like the ride and whatever you're good but like the second movie i thought was like better production values i liked being in the north pole i liked all that but there were a lot of there was stuff outside of that that i thought was a little annoying so it's it's all to each his own or like i didn't like the villain in the second one you know even though i like something about it anyway the point is <laughs> they work and a lot of people i don't know if people return to them i've always loved that question like do people come back in the same way i thought nobody goes back for any netflix movie essentially and then this year i was surprised that hubie halloween popped up in the top 10 for for netflix uh during the holiday season so of all of their movies that has repeat value hubie halloween's the one but i would think i would encourage people anyway to watch klaus or, you know, um, Alien Xmas is a fun little short. You got Jingle Jangle's a good one. Uh, there's there's a bunch of 
good ones out there, and the Christmas Chronicle ones do well. But Chris, yes, uh, do you uh, do you have any dark horse candidates or things you guys do that maybe others don't? I'm the only one who believes this, but Christmas with the Cranks is not terrible. Okay, I haven't yeah, seen you're that on one the island either. by yourself, buddy. You're on the island <laughs> yeah, all by yourself. Out of the two of you. So this is yeah. the thing when I, you know, uh, like I said, my wife and kids are Jewish, so I didn't have like that. Oh. You know, these were out while my kids are young and we're watching these things. So I, I just missed like a bunch of years of like, I don't know about this. You know, like Elf is what, like um, oh, oh 20 God, years old now? But like I've seen Elf. My, that's my point. Like, but that's like 20 years ago. So yeah, like, easy. so so anywhere in like, say the last 15 years is probably going to be something that maybe I didn't catch is I would say. So if you guys got any recommendations on those or anybody out there, you know, check us out on social media at Recent Act Pod and let us know what do you guys watch uh, during the holiday season and maybe, you know, tell us what you thought of either Spirited Christmas Story Christmas or Falling for Christmas. Are you back on the Lindsay Lohan train? Any of those things, feel free to give us a shout. But we're going to turn in put the stockings down, you know, put the the cookies away or whatever in the milk and do all that stuff and get back into the fall a little bit and talk about our fall preview draft results that are like slowly but surely coming through. Um, We had that back a few months ago. I don't know how you guys feel these days about your picks, but just to refresh for people's memory in case you didn't listen to it, Shane had... Uh, the Greatest Beer Run Ever, Cobra Kai Season 5, Halloween Ends, Clerks 3, and Lost Bullet 2, Back for More, the, the Netflix action movie there. I had The Banshees of Inishirin, Weird, The Al Yankovic Story, The Pale Blue Eye, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Chris had The Fablemans, Willow, Barbarian, disenchanted and Guillermo del Toro's cabinet of curiosities. So, uh, the one thing we could definitely agree on is that Shane lost. So let's get to Shane first. Uh, (laughs) I say this and he knows it too, because of how much we bashed Halloween ends. Like of anything that's on any of these lists, we may have, you know, mileage may vary on some of them in terms of our reactions. But one thing we can all agree on is that Halloween ends suck. But I will say, you know, let's talk about Lost Bullet 2 because we haven't talked about that on the pod. It was one of your picks, and I know you did finally check it out. It did come out, what, a couple weeks ago now uh, on Netflix. So tell the people because I enjoyed the first one. We both liked the first one. So I was actually encouraged. I was hoping it would pass the Shane test so then I can get to it myself. What do you think? It passed the Shane test, but it it wasn't as good as the original one. I will say that. Okay. Story wise, it wasn't as good. Action wise, on par with the first one. The car chase scenes were, you know, bananas as always. And for some reason, I still like the lead actor in this in this in this series. So but bring bring me, it in for the people who haven't maybe seen it because it's a movie that weirdly did kind of well on Netflix, but I don't think a lot of people for a foreign action movie maybe have seen it. So bring us into the world from the first one and then catch us up. Oh. Yeah, I meant to watch the first one uh, before I watched this one, and then definitely after I watched this one, like I should go visit the first one. But 
the center of the story is uh, you have a small time uh, delinquent turned police mechanic uh, for a go fast task force is forced to defend his innocence when his mentor is killed by dirty cops. So that's essentially right. the first movie. The, the captain of this police that took him in to fix up all these cars. So think fast and you're furious, but they're, they're you know, they help prevent drugs and yeah. stuff like that. He gets killed. There's a, a bullet, obviously lost bullet is lodged and he's has to clear his name and track down the real killers uh, and bring these dirty cops to light. And the first movie was, I was, went well above my expectations as far as the action scenes go. Totally. Um, and the car chase stuff and what they do to the mods on it and everything else. Those are all very cool and, and fun. Like, I yes. would say that movie is just fun. You know, yeah, it's, it's very... serious. You got to chase down criminals. But, like, his stuff is fun. Yeah, so the lead character, I'll just say his character name is Lino. So that's who we're following in these two movies. The second movie kind of falls apart for me story-wise because, and this is where I had to go back and watch the first movie because there's a character from the first movie that's being kind of held in witness protection without mm-hmm. Lino's knowledge that has, he was part of the dirty cop ring and okay. he kind of like, so the whole movie is based on police trying to hide this key witness while Lino is trying to track him because he wants revenge still from his boss. Right. But now he is actually part of, he's an official police officer in this one. Okay. So that's the angle where they're coming at it from this from this one. And I didn't care much for it, to be honest with you. I didn't like that story angle with the character they used from the first movie. Right. But is it a fun movie? Yes. Is it a fast-paced movie? Yes. But just a notch below the original one, I thought. Okay. You convinced me enough to at least give it a shot. So that's good. Because, right. uh, like I said, I did enjoy that one. It was kind of a surprise uh, when it came out a couple years ago. So I will definitely check that out. Uh, Chris... You uh, caught out a brand new movie over the weekend, Disenchanted, on Disney+. Plus. Of course, this is the sequel to Enchanted. Um, and bringing back Amy Adams, who is just, we've mentioned this, not on the hottest of streaks in the last, uh, I'd probably say, five or six movies she's done. I mean, you're yeah. talking Woman in the Window. You're talking Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, a lot of critically panned movies that she happened to be a part of. Um, uh, Hillbilly Elegy. Yeah, Hillbilly Elegy. Yep, that's that's a tough one. So, I mean, those are just the ones I could think of off the top of my head. She she hasn't really kind of put one out there uh, that I've enjoyed in quite some time. So, as you were a fan of the original, you chose the sequel. Did this live up yep. to the hype? It did. Uh, for me, apparently, I'm still into musicals you know the (laughs) 70s and 80s brought us you know plenty of musicals and then there was a lull but now now it's back especially this past weekend come on you got spirited disenchanted yeah this is a good sequel Mm -hmm. it it advances the story It, it you know makes the world larger that they're in. Yeah, catch us um, up here, because I, I haven't really seen a trailer that kind of sold me the story. Yeah, yeah uh, Giselle uh, is is now the mom to, to Morgan and uh, wife to Patrick Dempsey, which I'm <laughs> blanking on his name, but... Uh, his name is it's inconsequential, been 15 years. Chris. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, he does some stuff in yeah. this. Okay. Um, but he, uh, they all move out of the city and into this uh, wonderful uh, community that uh, reminds you of like a storybook 
fairy tale kind of existence. Yeah. Which okay. is perfect for Giselle. But uh, you know, as a housewarming gift, uh she is given a uh a, a wishing wand mm-hmm. uh that whatever she wishes comes true. And uh she makes a wish and all heck breaks loose. Um <laughs> uh-huh. as most she, uh, there's consequences. Do. Yeah. Yeah. There's consequences for her wish. Um where she wants uh her life to be like a fairy tale because she's finding that it's difficult to, you know, adapt mm-hmm. to uh to this real world uh existence. But uh I, I don't know. It it was really well done and where the first one was a uh, fairy tale bleeds into real world right. and what is that like the fairy tale bleeds into the real world and then it becomes a uh, very storybook like it becomes a, a disney musical yeah uh in doing so okay um it was done really well and uh i don't know like there's a a lot of uh haters out there i was gonna say but, uh, uh 40% rotten tomatoes score and even the uh the audience score is a 59 do you have like a a reason why you think it's getting dragged so much uh maybe because there's more songs in this one than the first one uh it's more by the numbers sort of uh tip the hat to uh all the uh disney films disney princesses uh storybook cliches it really doesn't seem original in that respect but the performances by everyone especially amy adams uh because she kind of does dual roles in this Mm -hmm. uh she becomes uh, a stepmother so she's giselle the uh you know pretty princess who is always positive and bubbly right and then she has a turn because she's a stepmother to morgan she becomes very wicked and very sinister in her uh, actions. So it's fun to see that, you know, everyone's spread thin. Uh, Morgan's going through her stuff. Giselle's going through hers. And, uh, you know, some new crops of characters are uh, are introduced. And, uh, you know, it's just expanding the, uh, the story from the first one. Are you thinking they're going to do a third or no? Uh, I, you know what? I, I can't say, oh, I, I doubt they will. But if Disney it makes enough money, yeah. I know this is Disney. The, I mean, come on. This is, uh, you have how many Shrek films? <laughs> yeah. You have, you know, so many, so many sequels that are, you know, sometimes unnecessary. But um, if they do, I'm I'm sure everyone will have a great <laughs> time doing it. Like, uh, Amy Adams was a producer on this. Uh, I was surprised to see Barry Sonnenfeld's uh, name as executive producer on this. Interesting. Um, it's, it's a wealth of talent that are attached to these. And uh, I'm, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with a third. And the quality being Disney Plus, straight to Disney Plus, still solid? No, I can see this being playing uh, in a theater. Like it, it's it's grand in scale because they have a lot of uh, dance numbers, a lot of uh, uh, songs that are just bigger than your TV. Right. Um, but you know this plays well wherever you watch it. Uh, you know, 
I'm not saying watch it on your phone, right. but yeah, you know, you can watch it on the small screen and you can watch it uh, in theaters, but you know, no theatrical release for this. So, all right, sounds good to me, man. Um, I'm sure yeah. fans of that will will enjoy it, or you know, if yeah. if you haven't, because if you're a part of that, you know, uh, the group that's been kind of you know beating up a little bit online, like let us know, uh, fans out there. Uh, hit us up on socials and tell Chris maybe why he's off base. Um, I will not, but you know, I'm sure. Uh, I was gonna say, what? Yeah, what? I want specifically people to tell you you're wrong, not to agree with you, just you're wrong. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm ready. We are. We are friends. Um, I. <laughs> the, <laughs> the last movie uh, is uh, Banshees in Sheeran was my draft pick, and I happened to catch that uh, over the past week here as well. This is written and directed by Martin McDonough. He of In Bruges, th- uh, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, um, as well as uh, Seven Psychopaths and, and, and others. He also is a playwright of, of certain renown, but most people probably know him from his uh, movie work at this point. This film stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, they, of course, were the pair that uh, a lot of people liked. I, th- I believe you guys did as well for In Bruges. Uh, the story revolves around them as two lifelong friends who find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. Uh, of course, you, as you can imagine, because it seems kind of straightforward in the plot, um, that it is far from <laughs> straight up. It is definitely... Um, it's interesting. Uh, it's a it's a story that really resonated with me because Brendan Gleeson's character is basically just a man in the latter stages of his life, trying to contemplate. Even though he's in this small village where it's people mostly farmers or drinkers or both, and you know, not a lot of high art, not a lot of culture or whatever. But he's you know he's a musician and he's thinking more about legacy than he's thinking about like the day-to-day of just trying to be happy and living in this community and everything else. And in a community that small, if you extricate yourself, if you take yourself away and, like, shoo away your friends, it's a big story to everybody. And so this is the darkest of dark comedies uh, where, like, there is humor, but there is exceptionally dark stuff here um, where... Hmm. The uh, <laughs> when they say like things like oh they're at an impasse or uh, alarming consequences oh you bet <laughs> because this thing goes nuclear but it really is interesting how they do this um, this is set during the uh, the early 20th century where like the Irish Civil War is going on not in their village area but they could see all like the the bombs going off and they can hear all the violence across. Uh, across the water from them and can really kind of see and they in a way not in a heavy-handed at all just kind of this cursory way their falling out is kind of like set against the Irish Civil War where it's like yeah I don't know I don't know why they're fighting we don't understand anything that's going on but it's getting pretty crazy out there, and we hope it ends soon. It's kind of like what's going on with these two uh, characters, but it's intense. It's funny. It's ridiculous. I think both leads are very good. 
Um, I, I think uh, the cast in general, it's not very big at all. Um, I actually quite liked Carrie Condon as uh, Siobhan, who plays uh, uh, Colin Farrell's sister in the movie, uh, and and Barry Keegan. Are you guys fans of him? He's the he's the guy who um, is going to be the Joker now in the uh, the uh, the Matt Reeves Batman yeah, and, and Dunkirk yeah. as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's I like him a lot. Anytime he's I I enjoy him. He plays this kind of like simpleton uh, character Dominic who tries to be like Colin Farrell's friend when Brendan Gleeson stops being his friend. Like you know, like this tag along like little character of like. Yeah, so we're good friends. You can stop being his friend. You be my friend. Like that kind of like, you know, lovable idiot kind of thing. Um, but even he gets caught in the crosshair. So it's a very interesting movie. It's already being talked uh, that it'll be a uh, kind of like a, 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 not a shoe in but a, a strong candidate for Best Picture. It's a very small movie, so I don't know if that's fully a slam dunk. But I will say for me, this was one of my favorites of the year it's definitely in the top five of the year for me in you know a a movie year that i was hoping this was going to be like boom like number one number two like super high i still liked it quite a bit um and it definitely hit me in terms of things we go through as we're getting older or or just losing relationships and not knowing what's going on exactly so um i think as a person who didn't like three billboards myself um, I think this is a comeback for me, for Mark McDonough, and reminds me more of In Bruges period than it does that. So if if that's your speed too when it comes to Mark McDonough, I would highly recommend watching this movie. Good, good to know. Yeah, so that's still out in theaters right now. Um, so try to check that out before it leaves because I know Shane. I believe you guys had uh, plans on seeing it, and then it went away, and then it whatever because they're platforming yeah. it. So catch it while it's still in your theater uh, because it may not be there long. Uh, same goes for I'm watching. I have plans two days from now uh, to watch Knives Out 2 for its week-long run in the theaters. Um, also, you know, Fablemans is coming out this week. There's a bunch of oscar stuff where I probably need to get uh, also Mike or somebody on the uh, the Oscar train to come on and, and talk with either myself or us or whoever, like however you guys feel about it. But we're getting right in the thick of it now where it's really starting to, to have a lot of these movies come out. Uh, I still want to see, she said that came out over the weekend as well. I still need to see tar. There's a few of these just still kind of hanging out there of the ones that have been released. And then we still have, like I mentioned, uh, what's coming out this week on top of avatar soon. And, and some of these other ones, the whale, um, there's uh, a few of these uh, performances that people are talking about a lot for Oscar consideration, so I definitely want to check those out. But like I said, Banshees and Ishirin will be hopefully towards the top of that list still when this all all the dust settles. So, what do you guys think? What are you guys uh, looking forward to coming up? Uh, we we nailed it. We did what we uh, set out to do today. Do you guys have any uh, parting words before we wrap this up? The movie on my list this week because I didn't get to see it last week. Uh, and it's- fits in perfect for thanksgiving is the menu and then hopefully yeah. bone and hopefully followed by bones and all so. yeah we talked about that being the worst double feature created during the holidays or potentially the best so maybe we will actually pull that off next week who knows uh chris what do you got yeah uh just uh, i'm looking forward to the fablemans uh i would like to see the menu and uh knives out 
uh, is just a curiosity factor okay. uh, at this point because you know the first one was it was all right, but you know this is a new set of uh, dastardly people yeah. that I'm uh, I'm sure to uh, enjoy their performances. Yeah, a lot, and a lot of people are saying this one might sneak in in the uh, the ten for best picture too. So because Netflix is kind of pushing this one. As opposed to maybe like White Noise, which is still yet to come out, or some of these other ones. So we'll see. Because, again, it's more mainstream. The first one had a lot of success, so we'll see where that goes. But um, I will be checking that out, and that will be my write-up for what's on Netflix this week. So check me out on there. And, of course, come back. Subscribe to us. Don't miss an episode. Be with us next week. Enjoy your happy Thanksgiving if you're uh, celebrating that here in the U.S. And join us for more recent activity.